0: Hello and welcome back to Anointed Fire. My name is Tiffany Buckner. Yesterday, I did a message that I entitled, Dear Mom, Choose God and Not Your Man. Today, I'm doing a message called, Dear Dad, Choose God and Not Your Money. We all know that women have a tendency to idolize men. Men have a tendency to idolize money and material possessions. And boy, do I have a story time for you. Amazingly enough, I had started recording this message probably about 15 minutes ago, got like almost 15 minutes into the message and my doorbell started ringing. My dog started going bananas. So I had to start over. So anyhow, there are a few things that I have to share uh, so that this story will make sense. First and foremost, my mom met my dad when she was 13 years old. At that time, my dad was either 16 or 17 years old. He was, well, no, my mom was born in 1951. My dad was born in 1956. So my dad was five years older than my mom. So as it turned out, my mom was 13 years old when my dad met her and my dad was 18 years old. According to my mom, they dated for five years before they had sex. They didn't have sex until my mom was 18 years old. And somebody may say, well, I don't believe that Tiffany, because uh, <laughs> what man's going to date a woman for that long? First and foremost, you have to understand is my dad had no, no choice but to respect my granddad my granddad would have killed him my granddad was known around town for how he was toward his daughter so a lot of guys were trying to get to his daughters I've heard stories uh all of which are hilarious but yeah they went through proper protocol you know my dad went he um met my granddad what have you and at that time 13 year old and an 18 year old what didn't seem like a bad idea nowadays we know that that's crazy But at that time, it didn't seem uh, so toxic or bad or what have you. Um, When my mom and dad first started dating, my mom, you know, well, they started off, if I'm thinking correctly, as friends. And when they first, you know, started hanging out, obviously, my dad had a crush on my mom. But my mom didn't like my dad, not physically. Anyhow, my mom had another guy that she was friends with that she was, you know, talking to. But they weren't dating or what have you. The guy wanted to date my mom. But this guy had never asked you know her dad or what have you, so she my mom was just friends with this guy, and this guy was the star quarterback, according to my mom he's a star quarterback, really handsome, oh, what have you, so she was friends with this guy for many years, all the while entertaining my dad as a friend as well uh but when the time came for her to make a decision you know as to who she wanted to get in a relationship with, she always said she chose my dad, and this is the cruelest thing to say but She said she chose my dad because he was unattractive because she felt like no other woman was going to want him. One, my dad was always very intelligent. Uh, She felt like he would be the first black president of the United States. His father was a pastor, even though he hadn't been raised by his father. She just focused on his occupation. So my mom she came come up in a household where, you know, they have been taught during that time. The women were taught to look for a guy who could provide rather than, you know, looking at the exterior of a guy. So she looked at the fact that she believed my dad was going to be able to provide. Um, he wasn't conceited because he wasn't considered uh, attractive by society because of his color. It's not that he's unattractive. It's just, you know, at that time, dark skinned men were not necessarily seen as favorable at the same time. My mom was this beautiful woman who had all these options, including the star football player, what have you. But like I said, she looked at the situation. She said when the time came for her to make a decision as to who she wanted to go ahead and start dating. She said she looked at the fact that the star football player had a lot of females that were trying to get with him. She said women were always just, you know, just going out of their way, flirting with him or what have you. But my dad was focused on his schoolwork. He seemed to be just really, you know, intentional, what have you. She said that she believed in her heart that the the way she reasoned was that the star football player would never accomplish anything in life. He would never have a good job. He would never be a provider. He would spend the rest of his life just being a womanizer. Um, she said, but my dad, on the other hand, she believed that he, if anything, um, he will become the first black president of the United States. He would be a great provider. And, you know, she thought maybe he would potentially become a pastor and she become a first lady. Um, so, again, it's not to say that uh, she was a villain in this story, because you know that's how they were taught at that time, was to look for a man to make sure the man was going to be able to provide at the same time she had to be very conscious who she presented to her father um you know to ask for you know to ask to date because they didn't date to date they dated to marry they courted um back then, and so she didn't want to seem immature and bring this football player before her dad, who was known for yeah for 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 intimidating men or what have you my granddad. Was a man who had done relatively well in life. He had this shotgun. He was not definitely he was a a what is that type one personality, um, and he was you know one of those guys that was a go getter. He was a no nonsense type of person. He didn't like small talk. He's like, hey, let's get to the point. So anyhow, my mom chose my dad, and they started dating when she was thirteen. Well, they were hanging out when she was thirteen. She said they started dating. When she was 13 or what have you. Well, they met when she was 13. am not sure when they started the dating part. But when she turned 18, she had her fe- her first sexual encounter with my dad. And she was a virgin at the time. She had her first sexual encounter. And not long after that, she discovered that she was pregnant. Okay. That's one of the things I want to make sure that I mention. After she discovered that she was pregnant, um, her and my dad decided to go ahead and get married. They got married. And my brother was born. Now, another thing that I mentioned on the last one, that I think that's relatively important, is at the age of, I was maybe 11 or 12 years old. My mom was coming home from work. Now, mind you, over the course of my life, my dad has never liked to work. So he turned out to be the opposite. Um, actually, I think things kind of turned. The star quarterback player, he really didn't do much of anything, but he was consistent in working. And how I know that when him when my mom and my dad broke up, um, years later, my man, my mom ran into him and they exchanged phone numbers and what have you, but they never got into the whole dating thing. But my dad turned out to be relatively lazy. He didn't do anything with his life. He didn't accomplish much with his life. This is why I tell women all the time, don't marry potential because potential is nothing but a seed. Not all seeds are fertilized. The average woman carries over a 100 or is born with over a million uh, seeds in her body. Uh, but only two or three of those seeds are going to be fertilized over the course of her life. So those seeds represent potential. You don't marry people's potential because you'll end up divorcing their reality. Uh, so my dad, my mom has always worked two jobs. Most of the time, she was full-time at both jobs trying to provide for her children. Um, so my mom and dad ended up having three children. My brother is light-skinned which was the thing that kind of threw things off. It set the, th- the tone for quite a few arguments between my mom and my dad. I am brown-skinned. I am more of the complexion of my mom, and my sister is dark-skinned. So, so, you know, my parents' complexions, my dad was dark-skinned. He was more like Wesley Snipes Brown. So he wasn't just, you know, like a deep cocoa. He was actually dark-skinned. My mom was about my complexion. If you've never seen my color, I would say close to Tashina Arnold. Uh, color. Just my mom was just a little bit, cause my mom had like one shade lighter than me, or she was about my color. What have you? She was brown skin, so she wasn't like the brown skin is considered a middle complexion. But even within that spectrum, you know, there is light brown, medium brown, dark brown. I would say my mom was kind of uh a little past medium brown. Oh, what have you? My brother was light skin, not half light. No, he was light skin. My brother not only was light-skinned, he comes out with these big eyes. My dad doesn't have big eyes. My mom doesn't have big eyes. My brother comes out with this sandy-colored hair. My mom doesn't have sandy-colored hair. My dad doesn't have sandy-colored hair. So my dad, deep down, because he had been with my mom all those years, within his heart, he knew that my brother belonged to him, but there were questions, and I think those questions were heightened my people who, you know, whatever they saw, my dad with this little light-skinned boy, um, they were like, okay, well, that's interesting, Oh, uh, what have you. So my dad, you know, he he housed a few, a few questions or what have you. Whenever my parents would get into an argument, now my dad didn't start accusing my mom until I was 10 years old. So my dad was always having these extramarital affairs. He had these friends that were uh, promiscuous, these male friends and he would hang out with them and what have you, but they're not the thing, you know, they probably motivated him, but you know, that was already in him. But my dad would go out there, have all these affairs, and my mom said she had women calling her. It was a lot of stuff that was happening. Um, and at the age of 10, when I was 10 years old, we were living on this street called St. James Street. And this is when my mom decided to have an extramarital affair. And not only did she decide to have an extramarital extramarital affair. She had this affair with a close friend of my dad's. And so this particular man, I was really disappointed because the man was married, and um we had been over to their house. My mom and his mom, I mean his wife, were cool, and I was cool with their daughter, even though we weren't the best friends, we weren't enemies. We had been over to their house a few times or what have you. They just seemed like they, you know, they had their lives, they were busy, or what have you. They didn't seem to have too much room for like close friends but nevertheless, we have been over there several times. Um, I remember every time we would go over to their house, I would go into their daughter's bedroom because she was my age and she had the prettiest bedroom. I remember I would go in her room. She had the bedroom that I dreamed of. Her walls, um, had been painted pink. She had this beautiful canopy bed and she had this, um, this jewelry box with the ballerina that popped out. She had all these pretty, pretty uh, pillows, like fluffy pillows on her bed. You know, little mink-looking pillows, and it, it just looked really fancy in her bedroom. So I used to love going over there because her her room looked so amazing. But my mom would be, you know, like in the kitchen with her mom talking. My dad would be talking to the guy. So I was really taken aback when my mom decided to have an affair with this guy I was really disappointed in my mom I wasn't disappointed because she cheated on my dad I knew that was crazy um but I knew he had been doing his stuff so as a a 10 year old I honestly just didn't put too much thought into that because I was used to them just acting crazy but I was I just remember being disappointed because I thought to myself mom and I even said to my mom mom that's your friend that's your friend's husband or what have you because I'm like what did she do to you she didn't do anything so that The nature of that affair, my mom said, happened. That she, My mom said it actually started the day that my dad caught her kissing the guy. Now, I don't know that, but that's something she said, and she stuck with that for years or what have you. So what happened was my mom and dad had one vehicle, and I think this was a time when my dad was working. My dad, he was really spotty with working or what have you, but my dad was gone in the car. My mom was at home. So my dad wouldn't come home like he was supposed to. Like whenever he got off work, he wouldn't come directly home. So one particular day, we were home with my mom and there was no food there. My mom wanted to go to the store to buy some food, but there was no food there. She waited on my dad. And at that time, there were no cell phones. There was no way to reach a person you can call, you know, from your landline. But it was unwise to call somebody's job because you could potentially get them fired. So she didn't call his job. She had no choice but to wait on him uh, to come home or what have you. After a while, my mom got frustrated, so she decided to walk to the store. She walked to Kroger's. Now, Kroger's was just when you're walking on foot, I would say 10, 15 minutes, 10, 15 minutes, But um, what have you. So it was a long, 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 long street that we lived on uh, before you got to the highway, and then you had to cross the highway, and you be in Kroger's parking lot, and you go all the way over. So I would say 10, 15 minutes. I would say about 15 minutes, 20 minutes tops, depending on how fast you walk. So my mom goes to Kroger and while she's at Kroger, she ends up buying a whole lot of stuff. She didn't anticipate this. um, So she ends up buying a whole lot of stuff, you know, and she's trying to think, like, how am I going to get all this stuff home or what have you? She's mad at my dad because he hasn't come home. She don't know where he is. Um, She's already had a history of women calling her about my dad. So, of course, she has all these thoughts going in her head about my dad. And she says she goes out to the parking lot, you know, with the bags and the cart and she's thinking to herself, How am I gonna get this home? Uh, I don't want to steal these people's cart, but I may have to take this cart away. So she's trying to figure out how to get all this stuff home, and all of a sudden, this van pulls around. She recognizes it, it's my dad's close friend, and we'll call him Jay. It's Jay. My mom's uh, Jay pulls up and he said, Hey, how you doing? And my mom was like, Hey, how you doing, Jay? He's like, What are you doing? Yeah, you know, and my mom was like, Oh, I'm I came to the store i was waiting on you know my uh, my husband to get home and so i came to the store he was like um well so somehow they got into the part where he figured out my mom had walked to the store he was like how are you getting all that stuff home my mom said well i was gonna try to either carry you or i was gonna have to push it in this cart and he's like no i got you he, he gets out of the van or have you parks the van he gets out of the van he puts all the stuff in the van he's like let me take you home now, driving is just a two minute drive. Walking is about 15 to 20 minutes. Uh, so he takes my mom home. She says she's just uberly grateful. You know, she just so because it was like he, she felt like he was a hero. He showed up in the nick of time. Um, they, and I was in the house, you know. All of a sudden, I hear my dad and my mom outside. And I hear them screaming. They're arguing. Not only they weren't screaming, my dad was yelling. Which was odd because my mom is usually the aggressor in most arguments because they were always fighting about my dad not a, not wanting to work, um, and again, this particular time he had a job and they were always fighting about these women that were calling for my dad or you know women that were making accusations against my dad. But this time I don't hear that. I hear my mom sounding really humble, and I hear my dad and I heard my mom said it's just a kiss. That's all. It was just a kiss. So as it turned out. My mom said whenever they pulled up in front of the house, my mom was like, um, thank you so much. You know, how do I uh, pay you? I can give you some money for gas. And he said, no, why would I charge you your friend Oh, what have you? He said, I'll tell you what. He said, what you can do is give me a kiss. So my mom said he leaned in and she kissed him, you know, and while she was kissing him, obviously it had to been an extensive kiss because while she was kissing him, my dad pulled up and he see my mom and his friend in the van kissing so they get into it about that my mom is carrying all the groceries in the house my dad is behind her he's yelling he's crying he's like how could you do this or what have you like i said i was upset with the fact that that was her friend's husband so from there my dad goes into okay my brother now he feels like he can justify okay my brother's light-skinned so it must be something to that. She had to have an affair or what have you. So he starts entertaining the thought that my brother is not his. My brother didn't look like him or what have you. He starts entertaining the thought that my brother was not his child. Um, they argued about that for many, many years. My mom actually continued her affair with my dad's friend. Um, what have you? They would argue about that or what have you. So long story short, fast forward. My mom and dad, my dad comes home one day. Um, and this is years later. Again, at this particular time, he's not working. He comes home one day. I'm 15 years old at this particular time. So it's five years between that incident and this incident. I was 15 years old at the time. My dad comes home and he says, I need to talk to you guys. He says, this is my brother, my sister and myself. He, I need to talk to y'all. My mom was at work as per usual. <laughs> uh, so he gathers us around. He pulls out a picture and he says, what do you think of this little girl? I look at the picture, little light skinned girl with big eyes, she looked just like my brother. And my brother had some stuff that he had been diagnosed with that my dad said this, this girl, so it had it was genetic. So I look at this little girl, I said, oh my gosh, she looks just like, I'll say Junior. She looks just like Junior. My dad said, so there's this woman, um, me and your mom had broke up at one time, you know, we caught ourselves trying to separate and I, you know, I, I started seeing this woman. And, you know, I didn't think anything of it. You know, um, I ended things with her when me and your mom reconciled and the lady moved out of town. And he said, now, um, she just came into town and I just got word that she had a daughter with me and her daughter was at that time, nine years old. She was nine years old. So he was showing us a picture of this nine year old little girl. And I was like, yep, that's your, that's your daughter. Yep. That's your daughter. I'm sorry. And he said, amazingly enough, she has the same issues that Junior has. And I was like, okay, that's creepy, but that's your daughter or what have you. And because my mom had a history of being violent towards my dad because of all of his affairs, um, we begin to beg my dad not to tell my mom. My dad turns around. And now, mind you, I'm sorry, there's so many parts of this story, but I'm trying to make sure I tell it right so you can understand the rest that I'm going to say. Um what ends up happening is my dad brings this girl to the house. You know, not long after that, he tells us, hey, we're going to go out. I want you guys to meet your sister or what have you. And we're all in this, keeping this as a secret from my mom. He says, I'm going to take you guys out on, I think it was Saturday. I don't remember what night, uh, to the roller rink, this rolling rink. And I was like, okay, cool, cool, cool. So we're going to meet my sister. We're going out to the roller rink. He said my sister had Uh, Another sister and another brother, both of which he said were not his children, but we're going out to this rolling wrinkle. Now, mind you, my mom and dad, for the first time in their lives, were actually in the process of buying a home. They had already filled out the paperwork. They had uh, gone through pre-approval. The only thing they were waiting on was closing on the house and they had to have so much money of a down payment. My brother had gotten a check from the government you know it was like this back check, and it totaled out it was two seven thousand dollar checks so one of them had already come one up the other one hadn't come yet so they had over seven thousand dollars in the bank they were holding that money to close on the home it was my mom's dream home everything was on the up and up but here comes this little girl little girl comes my dad um this particular night my dad tells, says to my mom He needs to keep the car for whatever reason. And she lets him. And so he picks up this little girl, excuse me, after taking my mom to work, forgive me, these allergies are trying to go haywire. But after taking my mom to work, he goes and he picks up this little girl and her brother and her sister. He brings them to our house. We meet them, and I'm taken aback because this girl is identical to my brother. And I felt like that silenced every accusation my mom could have launched because the girl's mother. This little girl was light skinned, just like my brother had big eyes, just like my brother, and her mother was dark skinned. So I realized it was something to my dad's DNA. <laughs> it was something going on with my dad's DNA, or whatever. So he ends up taking us. We meet him. We're, we're talking. Everything is going well. He ends up taking us to this skating rink. We skate. We get pizza in the rink. Now, this is not like not like my dad because we were poor. So for us to be able to spend money, we don't know how to act. We get us a few slices of pizza. My dad's acting like a baller. And then uh, finally we go to McDonald's. After the skating thing was over, he gets us all. Oh, always me, my brother, my sister, um, my dad's daughter and her brother and sister. We're out. We go out to eat. We have a blast at night. Right. So. And our little young minds, we're keeping this a secret from my mom. Now, at this time, I was actually 15 years old, but we're keeping this a secret from my mom because she would kill my dad—literally kill him. Not talk about killing him, but literally kill him. So, um, the way my mom finds out about it is, my mom gets a notification, probably a day or two later from the bank, that my dad had taken a significant amount of money out of the bank. Remember. My brother had two checks that were coming that were $7,000. Well, one of them had already come was like $7,500. My dad went took a large lump sum of that money out of the account. And what he was expecting was the other money to hit. And my mom, he was hoping that she wouldn't wouldn't notice it. And, you know, he was going to have time to have a a conversation with her. What have you? His plan was to close on the house first and then tell my mom. Well, it didn't work out that way. My mom gets uh, called from the bank and they're like, hey, um, you know, is there a reason you guys took out this? You know, we got to notify you about this large transaction or what have you. So my mom comes home on her lunch break and she's like, Jay, why did you take all of that money out of the bank account? And my dad's like, "Um, well, can we talk about this later? Because he knows he can't. There's no lie that he can come up with. So he realizes he has to tell the truth. He said, go back to work. When you get off work, I'm going to tell you. She said, no, you're going to tell me right now. Why did you take all this money out the bank account? And that's when my dad whipped out the picture of this little girl. He confesses and he's like, well, we were broken up at the time, which wasn't true. My dad was just always cheating. Uh, But he was like, you and I, we were broken up. This happened many years ago. Mind you, my little sister was nine years old as well. So this girl and my sister were the same age. She was just two months older, I think a month or two older than my sister. So my mom, of course, she's brokenhearted, she's disappointed, and she got to go back to work. She's on her lunch break. She looks at my dad and she says, by the time I get home from work, you need to be out of my house otherwise. And she swore on her life that she was going to kill him. And we knew she was telling the truth because my mom was, could get really violent. She said, by the time I get home, she said in the calmest way, she said, by the time I get home, you need to be out of my house. <laughs> and she said, um, I'm filing for divorce. If you're, if you're here when I get back, she said, I'm going to kill you. So we helped my dad pack. (laughs) We helped him pack and my dad cried and hugged us. Dad is so sorry. He played the victim and we fell into the little trap thinking he was a victim because we were young or what have you. One thing I appreciate about my mom is that she did not badger our dad to us. And that's a message for single mothers. Let children find out on their own. Let them see on their own how their father is if he's as bad as you believe him to be. So my mom and dad break up, my mom goes, she files for divorce, and my dad realizes he doesn't want to pay child support. He doesn't want to pay child support again. At this particular time, I was 15, my brother was 17, and my sister was 9. Um so I overheard my mom on the phone with my dad or somebody uh talking about the fact that my dad didn't want to pay child support, and that was that, but I stayed out of their beef. I stayed out of it. One particular day, At this time, I used to go over to my best friend's house all the time. Uh, She didn't live where I live. So uh, most of the time, either my mom would drop me off of her house or her mother would come and get me because she used to live out there where I live, but they have moved. And that was my best friend. We were inseparable. Like we spent so much time together that I remember my dad even came to me trying to question our sexuality. I'm like, no, we don't have anything going. I'm not a gay or bisexual. That's my best friend. But that's just to say we spent a lot of time together. Well, when they moved, they moved into town. We lived on the outskirts of town. So typically whenever I would go to her house at this time, I would go there and stay like a week or so. And this is one of those episodes. I was over at her house and I was going to be staying there for, you know, a few days. Or what have you. They come and they say, hey, Tiff, your dad's outside. Mind you, my mom, dad and dad are going through a divorce at this time. They said, your dad's outside. Let me tell you, that was the oddest event because my dad literally never came to my friend's house. He knew where she lived. He had dropped me off before, but he literally that I never seen him get out the car. I never seen him come over there or what have you. So they said, your dad's outside. So I knew something was up. I just didn't know what, you know, but the fact that they were going through a divorce, it didn't put too much of an alarm in my heart because I kind of knew things were going to get a little bit weird. So I get up and um, I go outside and and he's like, hey, baby. I said, hey, dad. So I go out there and I'm talking to him. And uh, what was weird was he didn't ask to come in. So I knew he just wanted to talk to me about something. And so we're standing outside and he's like, um, he just has a little small talking. And finally, he says, "Um, I want you to come live with me. He said, you know, your mom, uh, she's going to try to keep you all away from me or what have you. Keep me away from you all he said, but you know, I want y'all to come live with me. And I'm standing there thinking to myself, heck no. <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, even though my mom was, you know, relatively aggressive and me and her didn't have the best of relationships, she was more stable because my mom always worked. She was always working two jobs. So we always had food to eat. My dad didn't like to work. So I knew living with my dad meant being hungry. You know, and I knew that meant um, always being moved around, you know, like dad's going to lose a house and then we're going to move into something else. And we're going to always live in the worst neighborhoods or what have you. I didn't mind visiting those neighborhoods, but I didn't want to be planted in them. Um, so that's, the, that's what's playing in my head. No, you know, I'm not saying that I'm just smiling at him and I'm letting him just kind of build his case. My dad knows that I don't want to leave the stability. So he offers me something. Like I said, I'm, I apologize about these allergies, but he offers me something that most 15 year old girls would want just to kind of uh, rewind when my mom were and dad were married the biggest fight that we had was I wanted to date and my dad always said no he always said no he would say you're too young you're not mature enough so he made a deal with me um because, you know, I would go to my mom. My mom would be like, well, you got to listen to your dad. And then she would try to reason with him or what have you. And hey, you met me when I was 13. He was like, yeah, but, you know, you know what was on my mind? I was a young boy. And she's too young. What have you? So when I had, when I was 14, this is where we started having these major arguments. No, so I was 13 when we started. And my dad said that I could start talking to guys. I could potentially date when I was 15. So there I was 14. Um, my dad changed his mind. He said, no, I don't think you're ready for that. Um, so you got to wait till you turn 16. So that's to say, and I remember crying about it, going to my mom. My mom was like, well, you did say that when she turned uh, 15. So when I was 15, while they, before they, you know, separated, excuse me, I finally got permission to talk to guys. I didn't have permission to date, but I got permission to talk to guys on the phone. Well, of course I tried to work my way around it. I tried, you know, being sneaky, trying to get out and see boys and stuff like that. When my parents broke up, I turned 16. Now, by this time, once they broke up, I was full-fledged talking to boys. Full-fledged. So, now here it is. At this time, when my dad is standing there in front of me, I was 16 years old. And my, my mom had been going through a divorce for quite some time. And, you know, I think it, it set in because that uh, my mom was not going to take him back. <clears throat> so, my dad was out there. He's talking to me. And he said, i tell you what. He said, um... If you live with me, you can date boys. Well, yeah, well, I already got that privilege, Dad. Thanks. <laughs> no thanks to you. But yeah, I already have that privilege. And he said, uh, not only so he tries to one up my mom, not only can you date boys, you can stay the night with them. my mouth dropped. You know, one thing I learned in that moment is that you really think you want that but to hear your dad say that you children actually appreciate the the protection of their, their, their parents, even though they may argue about it, even though they may whine about it, even though they may complain about it, it makes you feel loved uh, when your parent is protecting you. In that moment, I didn't know how to feel. My dad said to me, you can sleep. You can go spend a night with your boyfriend. He said, just make sure you use protection. You know, he said, because I don't want you bringing home any babies or any diseases But I think you're mature enough. Now, this is a man that has always given me hell about talking to guys on the phone. Um, Before he left, all I was allowed to do was talk to guys on the phone after he him and my mom broke up. I was able to get her to lift that and let me call myself having boyfriends. And so here it is. He's telling me that I could literally go over to a guy's house if I have a boyfriend and I can have sex with this guy and I can spend an entire night with this guy. He's talking to a 16 year old. That sounds good to me i still don't want to live with him but i want to test the theory and i said okay okay i'll, I'll say okay i'm gonna come over to your house this weekend and he was like okay maybe yeah come over this weekend so i come over to his house that weekend me my sister my brother was already living with him and i asked him i said so dad can i stay night with uh, a guy tonight he says yes mind you i was between relationships um i had dated this one guy I talked to him from the time I was 14, 14 or 15 years old. So I had talked to this one guy uh, for a couple of years underneath my dad. Uh, well, when I get the permission from my dad to talk to him. But before then I had been sneaking and talking to this guy. But uh, we broken up. And I talked to this other guy, met this other guy when I was 16 years old. I mean, this guy had been sexually active. The second guy, we had been sexually active before. We broke up because I found out he was a little you know, male thought, you know, <laughs> and I ended my relationship with him or whatever. So I was between relationships. So I sat back and I was like, so I can stay night with a guy. My dad was like, yeah, who do you want to stay night with? Or, or, you know, where you where you going? So just let me know where you're going. So I said, and I, I can use his real name because it's, you know, kind of broad. I said, John. And my dad was like, John, he was like, and he said his last name. I was like, yeah, I'm a call him. He was like, I thought y'all broke up. I was like, well, no, we're cool. So my dad was like, okay. So I called John and his family was, uh, in a, another religion. I'll just say that. Cause I, I, since I said his name, I don't want to give any identifying information it was in a different religion than us. And so he wasn't allowed to date women outside of his religion. But you know, when we dated, we dated for almost about two years, we were both sneaking. I called him now we'd broken up by this time, but we were still cool. I called him and I was like, I'm in your neighborhood. I'm at my dad's house. He's got a house over here. And he was like, oh, OK, I'm a, can I come see you? I said, yeah, sure. So he pulls up in his brother's car. I go sit out in the car and I started telling him, I said, my dad said that I can stay night with a boy. Now you can only imagine what that sounded like to him uh, being a religious person. <laughs> you can only imagine, even though he was a young man and obviously he was dealing with um, rebellion or what have you. At that particular time, I think he was a virgin. Um, so I don't think that, that that, blew over well with him. I'm not sure, but I know he told me, no, I know he was like, no, I'm in my brother's car and I got to go back home. And so I wouldn't be able to, so I'm like, ah, oh, man, that's messed up. So I'm like, okay, cool. I decide I need some dude. Cause somebody is, um, I can stay tonight. I can act grown. Somebody's going to get me somebody. I'm having fun with somebody tonight. That was my thought. I'm having fun with somebody tonight. So I went ahead and I called the, the, the former, the, the, the male thought, former ex, because he was also very present in my life. He was present because he knew my brother. He met me through my brother. Him and my brother were cool. As a matter of fact, my, his whole family was cool with my brother. So he was still frequent. Um, he would call every once in a while. And I've never been the type of person that holds a grudge. I've always been the type of person that, you know, I'm cool with you. If we break up, I'm cool. You know, that was how I've always been that type of person. I'm not going to argue with you. I don't want to talk nothing about a relationship. I don't want to talk about what happened. I don't want to talk about none of that. You know, if you call me is what, what you doing? Oh, what happened? This particular ex we will call him Steve. Steve happened to be, you know, um, you Know he was one of those guys who was, you know, just uh determined to get me back more than more than determined, uh, to get me back. You know, he acknowledged he did wrong and he was like, you know, just trying really hard to get me back. So I decided to give him a call because somebody, listen, somebody's going to that, that was my attitude. Somebody gonna get it. So I'm having fun with somebody. Uh, so I decided to call him, and again, we had had a um. We had some sexual encounters when we dated and we had dated for over a year. So he comes. I call him up on the phone and he's like, hey, what's up? I said, what you doing? He was like nothing, just at home. Now, a little bit of information about Steve. Steve's Steve's mother was always out. You know, um, she was she loved to go. To, she loved to party. She loved the club and all that other stuff. Steve has siblings, but Steve was often left home alone. You know, he was often had the house to himself or what have you. And I knew that. So I called Steve and he knew where my dad stayed because him and my brother were relatively close. So I called Steve and uh, he was like, what's up? And I was like, oh, nothing about my dad's house. He said, "Okay, I'm going to swing through and holler at you a little bit later. I was like, "Okay," And I told him, I said, "Um," I said, guess what? He he said, well, I said, my dad said I can stay tonight over a boy's house. He said, I'm on my way. (laughs) He said, I'm on my way. I said, okay. So he he swings through there. We go sit in the car. We talk. And he's like, So where are you going to go? I'm like, Coming with you. He's like, Okay, that's what I thought. So I go, I tell my dad, I said, Dad, I'm going to go stay the night with Steve. My dad says, Okay, just make sure y'all are careful. You wear protection. I know you're a young lady. I can't stop you guys from having sex or what have you. So just make sure that you're wearing protection. You don't get pregnant. Don't bring on no children. I said, Okay. Real odd conversation to have with your dad. Okay, I'm rushing through the conversation. So I get in the car with Steve. We drive to his mother's house. And as soon as we get to the mother's house, my little fast tail, he goes into his bedroom. I follow him in there. I remember he put on R. Kelly. Uh, He put on the the CD or what have you. And while he was putting on the CD, I was stripping down. I was taking off everything that I had on my body because I'm like, I get to have, I don't have to sneak and have sex. I don't have to do anything like I get because his mama ain't coming home. His siblings were out, which meant they weren't coming home either. So I get to stay the night with this dude all night long and do what I want to do. I don't care that we broken up. I don't care about that. What I care about right now in this moment, I get to be a grown woman. I get to act like a grown woman. So by the time he turns around, I'm already just stripped down. And so um, let me just say this, because I don't. One thing about it, I'm a Christian. And I don't want to give people visuals. You know, I don't want to have any type of soft porn incident going on in people's minds. So the one thing I will say is that we did not get a chance to have sex that night. We did not get a chance. We honestly, we were about to we were about to start. Well, we were on the bed. We were kissing. So we were taking our time because we felt like we had all night. Well, my brother, my Steve lived in the neighborhood of of my dad. To drive to Steve's house was probably about a minute, but to walk to his house was probably like 10 minutes or more. My brother was known for walking, so my brother actually ran. When he found out I was going with Steve and I was going to be staying the night at Steve's house, my brother ran from my dad's house to Steve's house. He probably got there in a matter of of minutes. Um, When he got there, we were on the bed. We were getting ready to go for it, and my brother starts beating on the door. He goes to he starts beating on the door or, you know, outside. And Steve said, who is it? My brother said, it's Junior. Let me in. Let me in. Steve is about to get up. I'm like, no, 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 don't Get up. Stay right there. Because I knew my brother was what well, you we used to call cock blocking. I was like, Mm-mm. leave him out there. He'll go away. He'll go away. So we start kissing again and getting ready to try to go at it. Then my brother finally makes his way to the bedroom window because, you know, he'd been over there. He actually used to live with them at one point. He goes to beating on Steve's window. He's like, Tim, I'm telling mama, I'm telling mama. So Steve is distracted, but I'm not. I don't care. I'm just like, keep going. (laughs) That's between her and my dad. Let's go. Steve, I'm like, and he keeps getting distracted. I'm like, stop. Don't pay him any attention. And he said, I can't. I got to go open the door. I'm like, no, don't open the door. He's like, it's just too much. So I think he thought he can get rid of my brother. Yeah, wasn't going to have it. My brother comes in. He's throwing his hissy fit. I'm telling mama, I'm telling mama, I'm telling mama, I don't care. Go leave. Um. So finally, we make the decision to go ahead. And I went back to my dad's house because Steve, Uh, no, because my brother refused to leave and he was just acting up. So we ended up not having sex. I didn't think about how that incident impacted me until I got back to my mother's house. My mother didn't say anything at first because my brother didn't tell her at first. But when she found out about it, she was obviously really upset. She was livid. But she didn't have to say a word to me. My I thought about it and the pain started setting in. My dad was going to let me sleep with a guy. He saw me in the car with two different dudes trying to find somebody to have sex with me. And he was going to let that happen. Also, he wouldn't have to pay child support. And I remember the, the word that came in my mind, prostitution. My dad was willing to prostitute me for child support. And child support is not even that much money. I can understand. I still can't understand as a parent, you know, um, millions or billions of dollars. I can't understand that because no loving parent would be willing to accept any money uh, for, you know, to, for their child. But child support? And my dad was barely working. Child support for my dad would have probably looked like, and I can be honest with you, maybe $20 a month, maybe 30 And that's for all three of his kids. He would not have had to pay a whole lot of money. So just to think that my dad was willing to put me out there just so he wouldn't have to pay child support, I was taken aback. The pain set in. It didn't make, any, uh, make it any better when the news reached my mom, which I think they reached her like the next day or what happened. My mom, she's going off. She goes off on me. But she doesn't really hone in on me that deep. She realizes I'm a 16-year-old girl. You know, I'm doing what 16-year-old girls do. She was livid at my dad. She was livid. And she honestly, she didn't want us to go over to his house. She forbade, us, understandably so. for uh, for. But my brother was living with him. But she, she forbade us, me and my sister, from going over to my dad's house. Because she saw the level of desperation he had uh, since he couldn't get her back. And um, he realized he was going to have to pay child support. He was willing to put us at, us at risk to prevent that. And I don't even think it was entirely about the child support, even though it was a lot of it was about the child support. Uh, You know, when I think about it as a woman, when I look at it from a woman's perspective, I think uh, it was largely him trying to gain control over the situation, trying to take my mom's children away from her, because he felt like that would give him leverage and allow uh, allow him to get another chance with my mom. You know, I think that that's what I believe, that. It was about the child support, obviously, because he knew that he was going to have to pay child support. But I think that, too, uh, one of the reasons that he was so adamant about me and my sister living with him was because he felt like that would give him position. That would give him power, whereas he would have the children, you know, in his under his custody, not only that it would be under judge's orders and he would be able to kind of shape our minds the way he wanted to shape our minds. And he felt like that would bring my mom to a position where she would have no choice, but to take him back. Oh, what have you. Well, didn't happen. Um, judge ordered my mom custody, obviously. Um, and my dad got, he didn't get custody of my brother. My brother was old enough to make a decision. So my brother decided uh, to live with my dad. So my brother went between my mom and my dad's house So oh, what have you? I say that to say today, there are a lot of guys out there. There's a lot of abortions happening. Whereas you got men out here sleeping with women and then putting pressure on those women and having an abortion because they're concerned about their money. They don't want to pay child support. There are men out there who have children with women and they're not active in the children's lives because they're upset because the mother is forcing them to pay child support. There are men out there who, and I, I, I hate to think that this is common. But there are men out there who, maybe like my dad, who are willing to put their daughters and their sons at risk just so they wouldn't have to pay child support. Money is just not that serious, guys. You know, it's amazing to me. I think about the way that money works. The closer I get to God, the more I understand just how wealth and money works is already on the inside of you. You have to tap into heaven, which is the, G- the, the, the word says is inside of you. Jesus says. Um, Heaven is on the inside of us. You don't look up or down. It's already on the inside of you and you pull that out. That's your potential. That's the seeds. You pull that out, but you're not going to pull it out before you pull out revelation. You're not going to pull it out before you build upon your relationship with God. That's why God says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and everything else will be added to you. Uh, and that's a revelation of wealth if you just seek God, if you put God first, if you have a relationship with God, and you will start to tap into your potential. You know, you just obey him and you begin to tap into your potential and you do this nonstop. Um, you you will learn how to reach into heaven and pull out the favor and the blessings of God. Most people don't are, are not aware of that because a lot of people are religious. So they look up and they're imagining this invisib this 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 invisible blessing coming down you know they're imagining invisibility uh, without responsibility and so consequently most people remain broke for the rest of their lives even though they identify as Christian Um, and many non-Christians end up becoming wealthy because they learn how to tap into heaven even though they don't even believe in it Um, and so that's what the shocker is is that so many people are getting hurt because the Bible says it is the love of money that is the root of all evil again a lot of men choose money over God, they choose money over God. Consequently, they choose money over their families. They choose money over themselves. They choose money money over their own children. That's why we got so many hurt people walking around on the face of this earth, not knowing what to do with themselves. Thankfully, I healed. It took me while, a while to even process the fact that my dad was willing to let me get screwed so he wouldn't have to pay child support. It took me a while. And I remember after that, my mom didn't have to say to me, I don't want you at your dad's house. I didn't want to go over there. And all of a sudden I started appreciating her being a mom with her saying, okay, you can talk to boys, but no, you can't date, you know, you're not going nowhere with you. And obviously, like I said, I called myself trying to sneak around, but I, I realized that she was protecting me. And I realized that I actually appreciated her loving me, even though her love and just like his love hadn't matured, her love hadn't matured yet. I appreciated the love and the intentionality behind her as a mother. I realized that she was doing her best. She was putting her all into making sure that we ate. We had clothes on our back um, and that we had everything that we needed to, you know, to survive. I'm saying this to the fathers. I get it. It's hard to come by money these days. Because now you're relying on other people who've tapped into their potential because nobody ever taught you to tap into yours. I will tell you this. First, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. Build your relationship with the most high God. Build that thing. Don't think about money. Don't think about nothing else. Don't build a relationship with God for money because God's not interested in being your sugar daddy. But build a relationship with God. Chase him with all of your heart, mind and strength. Then pull out your potential and do it consistently. Now, in order to pull out your potential, one of the things that has to happen is you have to not fall into the trap of the world and do what everybody else is doing. Otherwise, you'll have their results. What I mean by that, you can't be the type of person that, oh, I'm going to be hanging out with my boys on today. We're going to go kick it here. We're going to watch the game here. That's fine. Have some extracurricular activities every now and again, but... Honestly, if you really want to tap into heaven, you have to become faithful. Faithful means consistent and faithful also means you're full of faith. You got to be full of faith. And when you're full of faith, I've learned as a mass producer that you produce. So you don't have a lot of time to just walk around and hang out with a bunch of bored dudes who are broke just because they got a day off. No, you do what you love. That's how you end up making a lot of money because it doesn't feel like a job. Go and do what you love to do and watch God bless you. When the windows of heaven open over your life, you won't be so easy to make compromise. As a matter of fact, and I'm going to go here, when the blessings of God, when they come from God, God said he'll add no sorrow to it. Um, When the blessings of God come your way and they are coming from God, amazingly enough, you will find yourself a lot wiser as it relates to women, for example, who may be interested in you for money. Because we know that that is common nowadays and a lot of guys fall into the trap. They will entertain women who honestly aren't interested in them, but are interested in uh, what they can provide for them. There are men out there that leave 16 year marriages trying to get with somebody that um, doesn't care for them. But that person is looking at how much money that man has managed to amass with his wife or because of his wife, because his wife was working in the background. Now you have another female sitting out there that's, you know, looking at his wife in envy. Um, and she starts flirting with the guy, and he's silly enough to fall into the trap. My dad made that mistake in um, sleeping with all these different women. And we found out about other kids. He had another uh, potential daughter who was also nine. And it was with another woman. And then he started telling us about other kids over the course of time that he had had out there. And he's always tried to blame my mom. I remember he tried to sell me the idea that my mom had been cheating on him. And she was the first one to cheat. And he sold me, he, he tried to sell me this idea. And this is when my mom was alive. And this is when I was a woman as an adult woman. I wasn't too long ago. I would say this was about five years ago. Um, he tried to sell me the idea that my mom had, um, the reason that all of the affairs started was because he had had this incident with my mom where he found her at, at a hotel. He passed by the hotel and saw um, his the, his friend's van at the hotel. And this is before this kissing incident. He was like, oh, no, this been happened. This is like uh, like when you were a babe or, or something, he, you know. So he tried to sell me this story and I was taken aback by. It. Um, he was like, I didn't want to tell you this, that, this, that and the other. I didn't want to tell you. I didn't know if to believe it or not. I just knew it was. It didn't ring true to me. I, I, in my heart, I knew it wasn't true. Um, so I told my mom, and my mom was like, "What?" She said, "I was a virgin when I met your dad." She said, "I cheated on your dad because your dad kept cheating on me." Now I was wrong what I did, but she said that was I cheated. That was the first time when I decided, you know, to have. And she said it wasn't planned or happy. That was a story I had not only heard from my mom. You know, um, all of my life, well, since I was 10 years old, since so she had that first encounter, it was a story that was pretty popular in the house. So I knew that my dad was honestly just trying to shape or, or he was still trying to deform the way that I saw my mother. He was still trying to deform the way that I saw my mother. And, you know, obviously she was annoyed by it. But by this time, it's years. We're grown. She's not so bothered by it. She said, that man's still crazy. <laughs> she was like that man's still so crazy he's still lying out lying on me and she was like that never happened she said your dad has never caught me at a hotel your dad and I could tell just the way she flowed I could feel it my mom was being honest she was telling the truth my dad was not being truthful my dad was conjuring up a story uh maybe it's something he tried to tell himself or what have you but he had this wild cockamamie story about my mom being at the hotel with another man I'm like well why did you proceed uh why did you continue to date her why did you con- well continue to ma- remain married to her why did you have more kids with her if that was the case, and he didn't really have an answer for that, but I'm seeing all that to say, put God first. God has to be number one in your life. When God's not number one in your life, everything else is going to be out of order. Your, prior, your priorities will be off. Consequently, you won't have the results that God wants you to have. Even if you go to church, even if you dance around the church, even if you cry on the altar at church, it's what you do. Faith without works is dead. You got to put the effort in. You got to put the time in, the intentionality in. You got to be consistent. You got to remain prayerful. You got to be repentant. You got to be honest with God. You got to tell him when you're struggling with something and you got to ask him, Lord, deliver me from the love of money. One of the things I've learned is when when you stop loving money, money starts loving you. You know, God broke that curse off of me. That curse of poverty that was on my mother. That curse of poverty that was heavily on my dad. My mom Honestly, it would have been, she was well on her way to breaking it. <laughs> but that curse of poverty that was heavily on my dad, God broke that thing off of me. And when he broke it off of me, I started seeing financial increase. I, started, I saw a lot of things. But amazingly enough, I don't love money. So I don't chase it. I do stuff because I love doing it. I love pulling out my potential. What am I doing? I'm tapping into heaven. I love pulling out my potential. I love seeing all that I can do, uh, all the abilities that God has given me. And money is just a byproduct of that. So make sure you choose God first. This is reminding me of a vision God gave me last night and I need to go and record that vision. I forgot to do it last night, but I have to make it a point uh, to record that vision. Um, And just to say this before I close, I had that vision in the middle of worship. Worship God every day spend time in his presence every single day. You'll be amazed at what he will reveal to you. You'll be amazed at the wealth, the ideas, the strategies. You will be amazed at what you'll get just by being in his presence. Anyhow, I love you. I hope this message blessed you and God bless you.